So good to have you in the house. Trust that you guys are having an incredible weekend. It has been good. Hey, stressful last night if you watched the game. Went through all those emotions, aged at least 10 to 20 years. Hey, like, like the France game and this game, like totally different, but, but we pulled it through. Um, come on, England played well last night. You have to give it to them. And we actually played badly and we still beat them. Anyway, so come on. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, no, no, we, we pumped and um, Oxen Chair, clearly that guy's a beast of note. That guy turned the game around. I reckon we just need to like, you know, build a little statue for him as he comes to the stadium, um, just of him scrumming England, just a statue of him against the whole England scrum. Anyway, bad joke, but it was a great game. Listen, we've got our Christmas experience coming up and tickets are going on sale today. We'll have it on, I think it's the 28th of November, last Sunday um, of November, and then we do it at Malkbos, then Camps Bay. We do four Christmas experiences here, and if you've never been to one, it is really an awesome time, and it's also a great time to invite people, so you can get your ticket 8.30, 10, 11.30, or 6, and tickets are 10 rand a ticket. For, uh, for children under 12, they're free, and all the proceeds go to our feeding projects. We run one into noon. Uh, we actually run it with the Khaleesi uh, foundation, and then we run one in Volverafi, and then we work with James House in Hout Bay. So we just thought we'd do a bit differently, uh, differently this Christmas, and then you can still give to those projects over and above that ticket. So you might go, I'm going to pay 50 rand for my ticket. You could pay for your ticket how you want to, um, a minimum is 10, but you can, of course, pay more and know that the money's going to those projects, and I encourage you to pr- buy one for your friend, and then pray for those people, colleagues, whatever, work colleagues, and then give it to them as a gift. Um, um, so you could even put a chocolate with it and say, I want to invite you our Christmas experience and, and really trust God for to see their lives change and really for them um, to have an awesome Christmas season uh, with Jesus at the center of it. So why don't you trust for us, trust with us and, and go on that journey. We're also, going, we're also having Heart for the House November the 12th. Heart for the House is something we do every year where we pray about what God wants us to give over and above. And, and it increases the speed at which we can see the church grow and, and also see the health of the church grow and plant churches. So that's why we do Heart for the House. Um, it's to increase the speed. And so we've got a video you can watch on the screens. Here we go. We celebrated last week that we saw over 2,300 people come into the church as visitors for the first time. And we've also seen 1,362 people respond to the message of the gospel, where some for the first time they responded and others made a recommitment. We want to honor you guys for being outward looking and being generous and not just living for yourselves, but understanding that the church exists for our community to hear the message of the gospel. We're excited for what's ahead and we know we need to prepare for more and we're trusting to create more space for worship. We want to facilitate social areas that allow for meaningful connections where people find friends, their destiny. We also want to create more strength in our core um, so that we can overflow and plant more churches. So how are we practically going to do this? The first thing that we're going to do, we're so excited about it, is we want to extend our auditorium and we've already got plans drawn up. It's going to look amazing. 
we're gonna do um, an amphitheater look in our auditorium so we can fit a lot more people in so we can worship together and then the next thing that we want to do is that we want to extend and fully enclose our social area and that will mean that our social area can be used all year round it can be multifunctional and it will mean that we can have way more meaningful uh, social interactions and build friendships and do life together so we're so excited we want to thank you guys for coming on this journey with us we want to encourage you to get ready for the 12th november that's when we'll be taking up the heart for the house offering or people will be making their pledges Leanne and i already have prayed about it and we know what we feel god's saying we should give we encourage everyone to go on this journey with us and we know that as we do this together we increase the speed at which the gospel can move at and we can see god glorified in a whole another way in our community Excellent. So we want to encourage you to, to pray. That's all we ask for Heart for the House, for you to take, set, uh, set some time aside, pray, maybe it's as a family, um, as a couple, and just go, okay, God, what would you like us to give? And whatever you sense God's saying, you be obedient to that. But, but that's how we make it a joyful experience for everyone, and many hands makes light work. Um, remember, just next week, we're collecting uh, 500 mils of cooking oil for our Christmas food packs that goes to people in need. So those are all the things. Come on, we've had a great weekend, so let's trust God right now for the Word. Come on, God's clearly moving. Liverpool won, Stormers won, Springboks won. It's a godly weekend, it's, so let's keep moving forward. So this is the last week of our, our series, Don't Give the Enemy a Seat at Your Table. Next week, we're starting our God Can series, second last series of the year. Uh, but we've been looking at Psalm 23, and it says, The Lord is my shepherd. I have all that I need. Of course, you said if we want to have that same statement come from our mouths, we have to be saying the whole thing. We need to make sure the Lord's your shepherd. He's first, and then you can experience a Savior who can provide for all you need. And, and you can also have this contentment in your life. Uh, David shows us that the Lord leads him through, um, you know, to a place, a pasture where they can feed quiet meadows, and, and then he makes me lie down in those green pastures. But we also see a Savior who leads us through really hard times. And we, it says here that in verse 4, even when I walk through the darkest valley, I'll not be afraid for you are close beside me. Your rod and your star protect and comfort me. So we see a, a Savior, a shepherd that even leads us into valleys where maybe we don't know what the outcome will be, but, but we know that we'll go through that valley. Um, and that we can go through it with Him, that that valley won't be the end of us. So, so we don't live in the valley, we walk through it with the Savior. Uh, we also see that, that He prepares a feast for me in the presence of my enemies. So even in the, the midst of battle, that, that He actually sustains me, and, and He does the miraculous by providing for me, even right in front of my enemies. Um, it's so incredible that He honors me, and anoints my head with oil. And, and think about God honoring you right in front of your enemies and, and actually lifting you up. Your, your enemies have got a front row seat to God blessing you, honoring you. Come on, when you get honored by your children or honored by colleagues, it feels incredible. Imagine when the King of heaven honors you. Imagine what that experience will be like. And David says that God wants to honor you and He wants to anoint you. And think how He honors you. He, he honors you and anoints you and reminds you that you're wonderfully and skillfully made. And he, he honors you and says, I've made you for this specific thing. Nobody else can fulfill this thing. You've been made specifically for it. Don't worry and think that somebody else is getting what you're supposed to have. My timing's perfect. I want to honor just the, the way I made you. I want to honor you and say, 
this is what you're called to. I'm, I'm going to anoint you for it. And what a confidence comes as the king does that, especially when you feel like so much can be lost in a battle moment, that God still says this battle's raging, but your destiny has not been lost. Your purpose hasn't been lost. I'm going to fulfill what I've planned to fulfill in your life. And then he says, um, my cup overflows with blessing. Surely your goodness and unfailing love will pursue me. Others, other versions say, will follow me all the days of my life, and I will live in the house of the Lord forever. So, so David shows us that, that God's good even in a valley, even in a battle time. I don't know what you're battling. Maybe you're battling for a relationship, battling to see a victory in that, battling in your career. There's a, you're fighting for your career, fighting for breakthrough, fighting for your health, and, and there's so many things against it. But God will even honor you in that, anoint you, cause your cup to overflow, cause goodness um, and, um, and unfailing love to follow you. Um, and then there'll always be an open door for you to dwell in His house, dwell in His presence. There's so much good that God has for you. Uh, but we're living in a world that's so fast-paced um, that we could take the culture of this world, a fast food world, and forget to linger in the presence of God. Forget to set time aside, that it's the, it's the last thing on our list. Or if our schedule allows, we're going to sit at this table. A table that God's prepared for you. Um, and we could miss out on everything that will sustain us, everything we need in life to fulfill our destiny. You know, somehow that you're going to rush and if you get everything done, you will become all you're supposed to be. But of course, what we see in the Scripture, if we linger and spend time with God, His power working within us, His Holy Spirit will allow us to do the exceedingly abundantly and above what we can hope, dream, or imagine. So we clearly need to make the most of this table. We've been saying, if you don't make the most of this table, you could even let the enemy get a seat at your table. Because you were made to sit at a table with God. But maybe the enemy's got a seat. Maybe there's doubt. Maybe there's lies. There's the thought of it's better at another table. Maybe it's the thought that somebody else is living in your destiny. Somebody else has actually got what you're supposed to have. That somehow people can rob you of your destiny. And you've actually gripped by that thought. Fear has gripped you. you you're in a way on the back seat. And, and, and you're missing out on what God has for you because the enemy's got a seat at your table. Well, one of the ways to make sure he doesn't get a seat at the table is for you to make it a priority to sit at the table because there's two seats there. There's one for God, one for you. The other thing you, you and I can do is make it a priority to focus on Jesus when we're at the table. And maybe it's just putting your phone in airplane mode. Maybe it's just um, getting the distractions away so you can actually receive what God wants to give you, that anointing, that filling that of your cup, that mercy, that goodness. So, so the first thing I want to say today is make sure you come to the table. And, and even as you do, um, maybe you've been coming to the table um, fearful, stressed out about your past. I'll let you know that God's opened a door He's made a way for you. And, and, and I think a, a picture we can take from the Bible is found in 2 Samuel where David searches out from the, uh, for someone from the bloodline of Saul to, um, to, to honour 
Jonathan's memory. Of course, Saul was the king before David and Saul persecuted David. He was insecure about David. So, but, but Jonathan, Saul's son, was always good to David. He was like he's David's best friend. And, and to honor Jonathan's memory, um, David looked for somebody in Saul's bloodline so that he could honor. Of course, you think about it, Saul's family would be fearful of David because he's the new king and they know Saul tried to take David out. So they think when David comes for them, it would be to, to, to take, take that family out, that there'd be no one left. And so David finds out that Jonathan's son is still alive. And Jonathan's son uh, was, uh, was a, a cripple in both legs. And, and, and he finds out about the son and brings him to his table, brings him to his house. And, and the son approaches David. It's Mephibosheth. That's, that's my tongue twister there. Mephibosheth. I did it right. Thank you, Jesus. Imagine him coming. He'd be in fear, bowing, going, okay, so what does David want? Does he want to take me off the face of the, the earth? Like, and David says, I, I want to honor your, your dad. And I would like you to have a seat at my table uh, for tonight. Yeah, no, no, for the rest of your life. You live in the palace. You have a seat at the table. And I'll let you know that seat is yours. Nobody else can sit in it. I don't know what you've dealt with in your past, the mistakes you've made. God welcomes you like that to the table. And after a while, I reckon this son of Jonathan started to get used to it years later. And he came to the table, not arrogantly, but confidently to his seat. And he enjoyed the best of the best. And you and I need to learn from him. And we need to give ourselves the best shot at honoring God, reaching our destiny by feeding on the best that God has for us. And that is at his table. Don't miss out on that opportunity. The other thing I want to remind you of is that you're welcome. Because you're welcome because of what Jesus did. If you receive Jesus' sacrifice, your entry to the table is because of what Jesus did. Not because of what you're doing. It's because of G what Jesus did. Yes, we need to stay close to Jesus, but, but you're welcome. In, in, in the, the old days at that time, it, a sign of that the, the guest was welcome and that they could stay was a full cup. A sign that it was the end of the party was the host would not fill the cup again. Some of you guys are going, maybe I should do that. <laughs> like last night, you couldn't get people out your house after the game. You hear me? Hmm. Like some of you guys just put the lights off, went to bed, they just stayed there, partying. Yeah, lele. But... But David says, my cup overflows. God doesn't only fill your cup. He causes it to overflow. And there's a continual overflowing. And that says to us that we're always welcome in the presence of God. So you must remember, thank you, Jesus. Once Jesus died, of course, he's resurrected. Then he says, it's better if I go. Why? Because I'm going to ask the Father to send the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit, if you, if you study it, God says, be filled with the Holy Spirit. It's a continuous word. It means every day you can wake up and ask God to fill you with His Spirit. It means there's an overflow. There's more than enough. There's a continuous flow of the Spirit of God. And wherever the Spirit of the Lord is, there is 
freedom. There's a freedom to come into the presence of God because there's an overflow of freedom, of breakthrough, Holy Spirit flowing in your life. You and I need to see that God is saying you're always welcome. Come to the table. But maybe you're saying that's awesome. But why would God put a table in the presence of my enemies? Why does He give them a ringside seat, the battles raging, there's crisis, there's chaos. The first thing I want to point out is that God loves you, that He can do that even in your toughest season, sustain you, bless you. But God touches your life with others also in mind. Here's a thought. This isn't, uh, to, this isn't that God is a, God loves you and then He saves you with somebody else in mind. Uh, I've had to understand that, that, that there's more to life than just this life. It's called eternal life. And so even when I receive life in this life and I'm blessed by it, clearly it's because God wants me to share His life with the world around me. And God's got so much more for me than just saving me. He wants to be, use me as a vessel to carry His message. So God does what blesses us and, and nourishes us and anoints us and fills our cup so that our enemy can see clearly God is enough. Our enemy goes, Wow, I'm attacking them and so much is against them. But if God is for them, who can be against them? He's feeding them even in this battle. He's putting a shield around them. You know, we've been speaking about the armour of God. One of the keys in this moment is the shield of faith. You say, God, I thank You that You're protecting me, that You're for me. Um, um, I thank You that You are, um, have got a destiny for me, that, that You, are, um, in You, are more than a conqueror. I'm, I'm blessed. And you're putting up the shield of faith. And even as you put up the shield of faith, declaring that God's protecting you, you're coming in and you're going out, is blessed. Immediately you step into rest. And your enemy goes, there's a shield around them. And I'm watching them blessed. Clearly, God can even give them rest in the battle. Wow, their God is more than enough. God will bless you in front of your enemies so that your enemies see that God is good. So uh, why do we... Why does God set up the table in the presence of our enemies? Number one, the first reason is so that we can know that God is enough. So, so you and I need to see that God's enough. Uh, maybe you are currently in a job and you're trying to get breakthrough and you feel like some other colleague is going to get your promotion and you go, if I just do this, am I doing enough? Yes, be a steward of it. But if you're getting into manipulation and fighting and trying to bring other people down, you maybe have taken your eyes off the fact that God's enough. And that if you honour God, He will honour you even in front of your enemies. 
He will anoint your head with oil. God is your breakthrough. The battle's not yours. The battle is the Lord's. He will sort it out. You need to focus on Him. Don't get distracted by the battle and and who you think's against you. If God is for you, who can be against you? God is enough. And you get that revelation that God is enough. God's enough. Number two, the second reason uh, for the location of the table is so our enemies can see that God is enough. God wants to minister to everyone. Every one of us have got enemies. Sometimes we've been the enemies of other people. Maybe you've got into a bad place and you, you actually are feeling insecure and you, you're speaking badly about them or doing this and, and you're actually the enemy and God's good enough to minister to you and bless you and save you. And He wants to do it also for our enemies and it will never take away from what He has for us. God saving your enemy will never take away from your destiny. You need to be secure in that. You need to enjoy your relationship with God. You need to enjoy that you're a child of God. You need to enjoy that you're a son or a daughter of God and that God loves you so much and we serve such an awesome God. He'll not only save us, He can save our enemies. He'll not only bless us, He can bless our enemies. The Scripture says it's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance. It's the goodness of God. And so God's goodness to you, even in a battle, feeding you, nourishing you, is so good it will even cause your enemies to repent and also go, God, I surrender. The goodness of God draws people to repentance. God's table for you in the midst of your enemies is for you to see the goodness of God soften your heart and for your enemies to also have their hearts softened. The third reason why God put the table in the presence of our enemies is so that we can let our cup overflow. Why would God cause David's cup to overflow? Because God wanted to bless him uh, with more than enough so he could be a blessing to others. He was blessed to be a blessing. Why would God make your life so small that He just gives you enough? God is the God of more than enough. You've not been called to live for yourself. You've always been called to overflow. You've always been called to live beyond yourself. So even when it gets tough and you say, I can't, you remind yourself, but in Jesus, in Jesus, um, nothing's impossible. God can do more than I can hope, dream or imagine according to His power working within me. God has always called me to more. I'm not going to shrink back. I'm not going to live a life self-focused. I'm not going to think it's all about me. I'm going to live and follow Jesus' example. I'm going to let God touch my life and overflow. The, the, the crazy thing is, is that's when you really start to reach your destiny because you were designed to overflow. You were designed to have more than enough. You were designed to be at the top and sustain it. You were designed, you, you were a vessel of overflow. You were, de- you know, I really want to reach my destiny. You need to start to overflow. Why? Because your future, your destiny is still overflow. The days ahead, it's, you know, there's never a season that you're not called to overflow. That's your destiny. If you want to really start to live, start to be generous because you might say, I'm, I'm stuck, I'm, I feel I'm, I'm broke. Just start to become a bit more generous because the world on this generous gets larger and larger, but the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. Your life becomes unstoppable in Christ when you start to overflow. And David said it, my cup overflows. Maybe your enemy, the people against you or the battles you're facing have been such a huge distraction. 
And when you didn't even realise it, it's caused you to not take a seat at the table. I want to release you. The battle isn't yours, it's the Lord's. Let Him touch your life and cause your cup to overflow. And, and enjoy even seeing your enemies experience the goodness of God. Don't be fearful about the goodness of God. You know, sometimes in the church we get fearful. Um, no, you can't come to our church. Why? Because we need it. No, no. It's the goodness of God that draws people to repentance, where they actually say, God, I'm sorry for our repent. I receive your forgiveness. You enjoy it. And enjoy seeing people experience it. God is big enough to see our world saved. God is big enough to see people's lives changed. God is big enough to convict people to live a life that honours Him. God is big enough. Trust God. He wants to touch your life. So David recognised the goodness of God and he surrendered. You and I need to surrender to God. And as we do this, I surrender to You, God. You're good enough. You're more than good enough. You, you are awesome. You're the Saviour. I surrender to You. I surrender the control of my life. Jesus, I had the wheel. You take the steering wheel. I surrender. And He anoints your head with oil. David was anointed with oil. He, when, when Samuel the prophet went to look for the next king, he goes to he, David's father Jesse and, and looks for the next king. God says it's in one of his sons. And all the, Jesse brings the, the tallest brothers, the biggest brothers, and, and there's no one there. And he says, do you have another son? He says, yeah, David is out in the field. David comes and, and the, the anointing breaks over. The wax breaks, the anointing breaks over David and, and he's anointed as king. And then he goes back to the field. Just because you've gone back to the field to take care of sheep hasn't changed the anointing on your life. And David was surrendered to God. Because here, I've been anointed as king. I need to go to Kingstown to study. No, no, no. You need to carry on doing what you're doing right now. Be faithful that God's anointing's on you. Don't worry, God's timing's perfect. You need to surrender to God. You don't fight for it. God will open the door. God will open the door that no man can shut. Receive His anointing. His anointing breaks the yoke. His anointing breaks the His anoint The anointing on your life is going to lead to breakthrough. David surrenders and says, I will be found in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. He gets at the table every day and he receives the anointing. God anoints him and affirms him. You're called. You're a king. You're going to bring breakthrough. I've set you apart. Nobody can live out the destiny you have. I'm going to anoint you. And he stays confident and he stops. He never fights Saul. He never speaks badly about Saul. His men were with him saying, take Saul out. He says, no, no one touches God's anointed. He knew if God sets him up as king, then God would take him down at the right time but if he set himself up then any man could take him down because he needed a, he needed a door open that no man can shut so he stays in the anointing he stays confident God affirms him and he keeps just doing what he's doing because at the right time God's about to break the yoke but he's anointing him he's anointing him so he surrenders David trusts God. He's got, a, he's got Saul chasing after him and he trusts God to be his defender, that the battle is the Lord's. I'm not gonna get caught up in the wrong battles. The thing I'm gonna fight for is a seat at the table. I don't even have to fight for that seat. The only thing sometimes I fight against are the distractions, my schedule. I'm not gonna let that, those things get in the way. I'm gonna trust God. The battle is the Lord's.
if I can do these things, surrender and trust daily, I'll feast at the table. I wanna, I want you to 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 let your battles activate a key thought. Let your battles, every time you experience a battle, let it activate a thought. Whenever you feel a battle or opposition, you have to say, God is preparing a table right now for me. I might see a battle, but I need to start to look for a table. Because wherever there's a battle, God prepares a table, even in the midst of my enemies. If you're fighting a battle, I wanna let you know God's preparing a table. Every time you feel a battle, God's preparing a table. Thank you, God. I'm gonna look for the table. I'm gonna look for the table. God's gonna anoint me. My cup's gonna overflow. If you to sing a battle, God's preparing a table. He's preparing a table. You might be at a battle at work and you just have about 20 minutes, 10 minutes. You just go find a quiet office and you sit at a table. Um, you, you, you're facing a battle in your family. You just go sit at a table. If there's a battle, then there's clearly a table because God prepares a table even in the midst of my enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup overflows. Come on, let's thank Jesus in this place. Come on. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to take of a meal quickly. This meal represents Jesus' body that was broken. His blood that was shed. If you don't have one of these miracle meals, you would like one, just give us a wave. We've got people around. If you, at the front there, anyone else? Right over here, the legend, Kevin. Over there at the back there as well. Right there. Awesome. So on the top layer, before we, I'm just explaining before we break bread. It's a, a see-through seal and it's just the wafer. And then you clip it and there's foil. If your foil's tough and you do open it, immediately you get an entry into the CrossFit Games in America because it just is so tough sometimes. Anyway, I'm joking, bad joke. But, but, the, then you're gonna, but the wafer represents Christ's body broken for you. By your stripes, I'm healed. Your body broken so my body can be healed. His blood was shed, He died to pay the price for us and the wage of sin is death. He dies, pays the price for us. Sin. His life for my life. It's a transfer. He's saying, I'll lay down my life so that you can have life and you are acknowledging it and you're receiving it. Let's partake in this feast. I just wanna pray for people who need to receive the forgiveness of Jesus. They need to surrender. Scripture says the wages of sin is death. So it's a bill we can't pay. But then Jesus dies and then says of His death, shows us in Ephesians, that the gift of God's eternal life. We can't earn that gift, but we can receive it. The simple way we receive it is we acknowledge that we need it. We, re, we surrender, we repent. Scripture says as we confess that we're sinners, He's faithful and just to forgive us of our sins. And so we come and we acknowledge that we're sinners. And He forgives us. Scripture also says, as we confess that He's the Son of God, that he, in a way we're confessing that He's the, the truth, the way, the life. And we believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead. Resurrection power will be saved. If you need to pray this prayer, I'd love to lead you in a confession. If you're saying, I 
want to pray this confession. I want to receive Jesus as my Saviour. I want Him to forgive me of my sins. And I want to acknowledge that He's the Son of God. And I want Him to lead my life. I don't want to live for myself anymore. I want to follow Him. If that's you, just with every eye closed out of respect, if that's you, and you're saying, include me in that prayer, just give me a wave quickly. Say, that's me. Include me in that prayer. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. 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 Let's pray together. Jesus, thank You for paying the price for my sin and offering me the free gift of eternal life. Today I want to receive it. I confess that I'm a sinner. Thank You that You're faithful and just to forgive me of my sins. I confess that You are the Son of God. I believe in my heart that God raised You from the dead. Because of this confession and this belief, the Bible says that I'm saved, that I'm changed, and I'll never be the same in Jesus' Name. Amen. Come on, let's give Him praise in this place. Thank You, Jesus. If you guys want to look to your right, Yaku just opened the door there. We got men and women prayer counsellors in our prayer room. If you prayed that prayer, maybe you put your hand up, maybe you didn't, you prayed it. Your next step is to tell somebody. You say, I, I, I made a first time commitment or I recommitted my life. I received salvation from Jesus. We'd love to tell you about your foundational step, pray with you. If you need prayer in any way, you can also make your way there. Like I said, we've got men and women prayer counsellors. If you are new, we encourage you to grab your first coffee, um, cappuccino at the God Can banner. You can also get your Christmas tickets at the God Can banner. And uh, tonight, James will be preaching. Encourage you to come out. Let's pray for the Springboks. Jesus, I pray the Springboks win the World Cup in Jesus' name. Amen.